you've got good stuff in store, right? Not only for now, but for eternity, right? I mean, some of us are living a legacy kind of stuff. We're investing for the kingdom. We're investing our lives into stuff that will matter 50 or 100 or 250 or 2,500 years from now, right? We're investing our lives in that kind of stuff. Some of us are just squandering it away, right? We'll just kind of, you know, another uh, binge-watching night on uh, Netflix or whatever. It, either way, it doesn't matter. The clock resets, and the next day, you have the same number of moments. 86,400. Well, I, there's a verse that I always think of when we do this. It's from Psalm uh, 90, verse 12. Uh, it puts it this way. I think it's great. It says, teach us to number our days. And recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Or other translations say, help us to, you know, with that knowledge, help us to gain a heart of wisdom. And I just think, oh man, I just think we should maybe tattoo that on our body in some way that we can see it all the time. Help us to recognize how few our days are and to live in light of that. Live our lives accordingly. How to walk in wisdom in, in that truth. Well, today we're starting a six-week series here tonight called Intentional Living. And throughout this series, we're going to be challenging you. We're going to be encouraging all of us to live our lives well and invest our lives into stuff that will really matter for all eternity. Because here's the deal. It's so easy for us just to drift, isn't it? Drift our way through life, squandering our time, squandering opportunities and gifts and resources that God has given us. In fact, uh, you guys have heard me make use this kind of language before perhaps but I mean there's really only one thing that is needed for us to kind of miss the opportunities for us to sort of squander and sort of drift our way through life you know what that one thing is nothing right <laughs> I mean that's how easy it is right if we just if we just sort of go with whatever's before us and kind of what the culture uh, kind of hands us and we just live our lives that way we just, it's so easy just to go through the motions day after day after day after day never really investing or pouring our lives into the stuff that matters most. And so we're taking a few weeks together and kind of pushing back against that drift, against that tide and saying, what if we were to live differently, right? What if instead of just drifting along with culture and just letting our, our, our time and our, our lives just fly by because it's so easy, right? I mean, you get up, you go to work, you punch the clock or you whatever, put your time in, you come home, you do supper, you clean up the supper dishes, you watch something on Netflix, you, do, you, like, you, you put the kids down. You, I mean, it's so easy. And then you get up and you do it again and again and again and again. And our intentions and our hearts might be, man, we want to be living full on for Jesus. We're going to be investing, not just coasting. We're going to be investing and making intentional choices, living our lives in ways that matter. And yet the drift of life just pulls us along. And we will wake up one day and realize, you know what? I, I missed it. Like, I missed out on the purposes, the plans, the stuff most. So we're saying, we're challenged, being challenged for the next six weeks to kind of evaluate our lives and to kind of open up God's book and pull back the curtains a little bit and say, God, what is most important? How can I live my life the way you want it to? How can I pour my time and my talent, my treasure, everything else? How can, how can I invest the 86,400 seconds you give me every day in ways that really matter? I think it's a good challenge. I'm like, I need that. I think all of us probably need that in one way or another because I want to leave behind me a legacy. I want to have impact. I want to have a, a city of people one day in heaven. They're like, I'm here because 
You share Christ with me because you love me, you disciple me, you whatever. I want, I want there to be a I want to invest my life in stuff that really will last and really will matter. And I think maybe you do too. Well, today I want to start out and I want to talk specifically just about kind of uh, generally even about the use of our time. Because if we don't take control of our time, it doesn't matter what our good intentions are. If we don't intentionally choose to use our lives and the moments of our lives in ways that really cause us to grow spiritually, in ways that really help advance the kingdom of God and his purposes for us, if we aren't intentional about building those things into our schedules, into our days, in our weeks, in our months, we will literally squander our time through whatever, through social media or Netflix or whatever else. And instead, we want to be purposeful in what we do. We, and so today I want to look at like kind of changing the scorecard at what matters most, uh, kind of prioritizing and, uh, and intentionally choosing to put in our schedules those things that matter most. How do, how do we live that out uh, with our time and with the seconds, God's entrusted us? I'm just going to do this by kind of hitting three um, uh, fairly quick uh, kind of points. These are, again, just wisdom from, from God's book, from the Bible on, on the use of our time. And some of this uh, will be a little counterintuitive. Some of it will be like, duh. And so we'll kind of spend different amounts of time on all of them. Let's go to the first one. The first one is this. Your time is your most precious commodity, right? It's the most precious thing you have. Use it wisely. I've, uh, I've shared probably before, I don't know, but uh, I've been told this again and again and again and again and again over the last 25 years of ministry that we've been doing. But the number one thing that people will, will use as an excuse, as a reason for why they're not growing, why they're not uh, moving forward with the Lord, why, why they're not investing, is that their lives and stuff that matters. They'll say, I'm just too busy. Right? That's kind of a, a standard kind of line that we say. Uh, I just don't have time. You know, I'd like to be in a growth group, but I'm just too busy. I'd like to read the Bible more and get to know God and invest in my relationship, but I don't have time. I'd love to, to pour myself out in ministry. I'd love to, but you don't understand. I mean, how demanding my boss is, and then there's home obligations. I just don't have time. Can I just hit the pause button and say, man, if there's one thing that we've learned, maybe in, during this COVID year, during this pandemic, here, can we just be honest and say that's just not true? Some of us have had more time than ever, and we still haven't done those things because it's never a time issue. It's not, it's always a priority issue. It's about what is most important in our lives. It's not that we're too busy. In fact, I'll, I'll encourage our leaders sometimes not to use that language, and myself included. We'll call, kind of call each other on it, but just say, don't. When you're, making, when you're saying something like that, man, I wish I could pray more. I wish I could do a spiritual retreat more. I wish I could whatever, but I just don't have time. Uh, let's just be honest and say, that's just not a priority for me right now. Like to hear yourself saying those words when you're talking about somebody's eternity or when you're talking about connecting with the God who made you and who created you to worship him and to know him and to be real. Like when we when we hear those words saying that's not a priority for me right now, it's kind of a wake-up call. It's a little smack upside the head saying, hey, did I just what am I saying? <laughs> right? What am I thinking? Because time issues are always priorities issues, they're always values issues. And God says, God says, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, do you suppose that means that like literally the days are wicked? Is that what it's saying? Is that what it means? 
When he says the days are evil, what do you suppose that means? Yeah, well, the devil's working against you? Yeah, what else? Because the days are just hurling by because it's so easy just to drift along. That's what he's talking about, right? Make the most of every opportunity because the time is just flying by. It's flying by. It's flying by. And if you are intentional, if you're not carefully making the most of every opportunity, if you're not being intentional with the use of your time, it will be gone like that. And you'll wonder... What did I do with the last 20 years? Right? What did I do with the last decade or whatever? Time is short. And uh, as well, uh, God always reminds us that we're not really in control of it. I love the way he says it in James. Right? James puts it this way. He says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, I'm going to go to this city or that city. I'm going to spend a year there. I'm going to uh, carry on business and make money. What he's basically saying those of you who are making your own plans and kind of just doing your own thing and your career advancement and you're all this like making money and doing your own plans, working your way up the ladder. He said, you need to be real careful. Why? Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? He says, you're like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. The image that I always get, especially this time of year, he's, he's basically saying, light your life is like this. It's like going to a cold wind window in the winter and doing that, right? You fog it up, and you can see it kind of, kind of fogs right up, and the second you stop, you stop blowing on it, you can, you can watch it start to disappear, right? It fades, and fades, and fades, and it's gone. And God says, that's what your life is like. He's like, it's quick, right? It'll be over. You, you don't know the day or the hour, right? It'll be over before you know. You never know. Today is all you're sure of, and he's like, and you're not in control of it nearly as much as you. He's like, what? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow, right? You, I mean, how many of us saw COVID coming, right? I mean, in 2020, nobody, right? I mean, we're all doing our lives like, oh, we can do that tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're shut down, right? I mean, all this kind of stuff. He's like, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You're not in control. In time, he's saying, is your most precious life. Use it wisely because there'll be a moment and it will be gone. Author uh, and poet from Galesburg, right? Carl Sandburg says this, I think it's great. He says, time is the coin of your life. It's the only coin you have, and only you can determine how it will be spent. So be very careful, lest you let other people spend it for you. It's amazing. Time is the most precious commodity we have. Use it wisely. Don't, the days are evil. Don't just let it slip out from under you. Don't let other people determine how you're going to invest and use your one and only life. But act and live with wisdom, making the most of every opportunity. You with me? Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? You smell what I'm stepping in? We good? All right. So here's here's the thing. Uh, throughout the series, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually tag team teach a little bit with Tina, um, my wife. And so uh, we're going to talk, a couple weeks we're going to talk about uh, marriage and, and relationships and, and how can we live intentionally uh, in, in God-designed sort of relationships like that. We're going to talk about parenting in uh, those kinds of realms. We're going to talk about all kinds of things, our, our own walks with God, our own relationship with God. How can we be intentional about some of those things? And so we're going to tag team together uh, this week as, as we were talking about time and kind of stepping back and evaluating, saying, how am I doing with my one and only life? How, how am I investing? Am I being intentional? Am I being strategic and smart and wise in the way I'm living my life? Or am I just uh, kind of letting it slip by and run away? Uh, and uh, as we were talking about this, Tina was sharing with me um, uh, kind of something that she had done in her quiet time, in her time with the Lord. And uh, 
And so I asked, I was like, well, can we video you? Uh, she's in kids today teaching. And so we, we actually put this on video and we're gonna play a video. She's gonna share a little bit with us about evaluating and kind of a new scorecard of uh, how we're investing our times. And so take a look at this. Good morning. It is so good to be here with you, Ignite family. Thanks for letting me share with you. I'd love to be here in person, but I actually get to teach in kids ministry today. So I, Russ asked me to just share a few thoughts with you via video. And so we were talking this week about intentional living. And I personally was just kind of evaluating the year we've come from and the year we're going into. And I think it was kind of with that heart that there was a day this week that I really kind of felt like God gave me this idea, this prompting from him to give myself a report card of such. <laughs> and I'm not talking about if you have report card trauma. I'm not talking about the kind of report card that you would be terrified to show your parents. I'm talking about a loving evaluation before God about how things are going in our lives. And so there was a day this week that at the top of my journal, I just wrote prayerful report card for 2020, important subjects of life. And I started thinking about what are the subjects that matter to me? I gave myself a parenting grade. In fact, I gave myself an individual grade for each of my children and an overall parenting grade as well. I gave myself a grade on my marriage. How am I loving and honoring and serving and cherishing the spouse that God has given me? I gave myself a grade for ministry. Have I been intentional about uh, serving and giving to God the gifts that he's given me and the ways that he has called me to love and serve his kingdom? I gave myself a grade on being a daughter to my parents and to my mother-in-law or a friend, a teacher. How am I doing at teaching the little people that are in my class every week? Or how am I doing at being a sibling or a writer? And really, ultimately, how am I doing at being a child of God? And certainly, not in the way that somehow I have to earn or do a great job at being God's child, but more with the heart of, have I been living in the fullness of God's love for me as his child this year? Have I been enjoying the fruits of being a daughter of the King? Or have I just spiraled away from where, uh, from where he invites me to be? I have to say that it might be a funny exercise, but I found it so freeing and affirming. And I think this is why. First of all, I feel like it just stripped away the expectations or uh, either real or perceived of others and of the world on me. And it just allowed me to evaluate my heart and my life before God. And it was in that space that I actually felt and received a lot of love and affirmation from God. And I was able to rejoice. I was able to rejoice in the things and in the areas that I have been able to walk well with the Lord because of his faithfulness to me. And I was able to rejoice in God's goodness in my life in a way that was really 
encouraging and really life-giving. And then I think also there were areas that I could look at and I could see those are not where I would want them to be. And I felt like God was inviting me to repent, to turn away from the ways that I've wandered away from him and to turn back to him. And again, like I said earlier, those ways that we have spiraled away from God, there is this loving invitation that God gives us to repent and turn back to him. And he gives us a fresh start. And what a wonderful gift as we start a new year to have a fresh start with God in the things that matter. to do your own report card of sorts. I wonder if you could go ahead and before God, knowing that he is a loving greeter and he is a loving God toward you, if you could write down the subjects of life that are important to you. If you're married, give yourself a marriage grade. If you're a parent, give yourself a parenting grade. If you are a child of God, Give yourself, how are you doing at being his child? How are you doing in the job that God has given you? How are you doing in the relationships that you have? How are you doing in the subjects of life that matter to you and to the kingdom? You know, the tendency is for us to easily just let life sweep us, you know, sweep by and kind of keep going. But what if we were to step back and, and, and kind of evaluate ourselves on what matters most? And, and of course, we're talking about uh, God says, or Jesus says, the most important things are, are, there's two of them, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, right? To love God and love people. What if you were to kind of back up, hit the pause button sometime during the week in, in a journal or in a with a piece of paper on your phone, I don't even care, whatever, I kind of step back and say, how am I doing with the Lord? Again, not in a heavy-handed, like, whatever, but in ways uh, just to say, where am I? Am I being intentional in, in the way I'm living? Am I growing with God? Am I seeing the fruit of the Spirit come to life in me more? Am I digging in? Am I seeking Him and digging into His Word and, and, uh, and coming before Him in prayer and just growing and fostering that relationship with God so that I love Him more? tomorrow than I do today? Am I living that way? Like not, not, not just good intention, but am I actually doing that and putting it into practice? And how am I doing with the people around me that God has put in my sphere? And of course, that could include relationships, marriages, friendships, kids, parents, right? All of those, but also the people around us, like others that maybe God has put you intentionally in their sphere to minister to them or to reach them with the gospel or to pray for them or whatever. How are you 
do it in even those kind of ministry relationships. And, and, and as, as she says, I think that's a good word, right? What are those that we can rejoice and we can celebrate? God, you have, you're doing cool stuff, right? I mean, thank you for the ways that, uh, that, that you're kind of coming alive in me and teaching me to love you and love people. What are, what are things I can celebrate? And then what are the ways that maybe I need to repent? We all say repent is like doing a 180, right? Like I'm heading in this direction and say, nope, I'm heading in the wrong direction. Where do I need to make change in my life? So that I can live more aligned, so I can be more intentional with the use of my time. It's the most precious commodity we have. Use it wisely. Would you be willing to kind of evaluate yourself today or tomorrow, maybe the next day? Take a couple minutes and just kind of say, how am I doing, God? Let's keep going. Second thing. Uh, this is, is just a good life lesson, right? Learn to say no to good things so that we can say yes to God things, right? Even better things. Uh, and I just sometimes, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll just say most times. I think most of us probably in our culture, we're not really very good about knowing when to say no and when to say yes, right? I mean, we tend to either say yes to everything uh, irregardless or no to everything or yes to all the things that I just want. Right? Like, and I'll say yes to those, but if I don't want them or they're hard or I'm not sure, then I'll just say no. Uh, saying yes and no at the right time is always a bit of a challenge. I was thinking this week, and you might wonder what, where this plays in, but 1 Corinthians uh, 6 says, it says, everything is permissible to me, the old NIV says, but not everything is beneficial. And I just think that's so true, right? And it's, it's talking about law versus grace, and like, yes, of course, you know, when we can choose, we can make choices that are, are uh, and it's okay in the sense of like, we're not going to get kicked out of the kingdom, or it's permissible, it's in the realm of grace, it's in the, the realm of that, but it's, it's not, it's just not beneficial. I think so many of our time decisions and how we use our days probably fall into that category, don't they? Yeah, sure, they're fine. Like, is there is there anything wrong with binge-watching a show on Netflix sometimes? No, it's fine. It's fine, right? I mean, is there anything wrong with uh, whatever? I mean, just coming home and watching the news or coming home and whatever. Is, is it wrong to do overtime at work and girls? No, I mean, uh, but, but again, so often we can just drift through life. Our, our life can be consumed by all kinds of other things and we can miss out. It's, it's fine, it's in the realm of permissible, but the question, we never stop it. Step back and say, is it really beneficial? <laughs> like, is, is this really what wisdom would dictate that I, I do? Is this what God would say? that I should, how I should invest my one and only life. And part of how we live that out is learning to say yes or no or no in the appropriate times and the appropriate ways. And this is where kind of the rubber meets the road, right? Learning to say no to even good things, to the wrong things certainly, but, but, but even in good things that we can say yes to what matters most, what God says matters most. I was thinking this week, Jesus was the master of this, of course, right? Uh, but he was amazing to watch. I mean, there were some things he'd go through and he would say yes to the right things, even when they were hard. Jesus said yes to becoming a human being and, and, and kind of giving up the perks and the fullness of heaven and, 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 that kind of stuff, and to come down to earth. Imagine that, being born in rags in a barn, right? Live a life, even die a death. He said yes to coming from heaven to earth. He said yes to a ministry of teaching and healing. He said yes to washing his disciples and his friends' feet, right? I might have said no to that one. Like, I mean, it's like the lowest version of a servant. Guys that wore sandals that were 
dusty roads and the animals had been there and they'd step in it, whatever else to say. You're God and you ch chose to say yes to stooping down and serving and taking on the nature of a servant. He said yes to touching a leper and healing him. He said yes to loving and pursuing lost people, right? I mean, tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes. He went to parties with them. He, had, he went over to their houses, all that kind of stuff. And of course, the climax of his life, when he was in the garden and God was calling him to go to the cross, he said yes to the cross. He said yes to dying. Not my will, but yours be done. Jesus' entire life was about saying yes to the Father. But he also said no to other people and in other situations. When Jesus was in the desert and he was being tempted, he said no to temptation, didn't he? He said no when he was tempted with power and position and possessions. Jesus said no, I don't have to think about it. No. He said no to pressure uh, sometimes. And this is, this is crazy. But his disciples would show up. He'd be out praying and connecting with the Father. And his disciples would, would show up and say, man, everybody's looking for you. The whole town, they, they want you to heal. And they want you to do ministry. And they want you to teach more. And Jesus said, no. Right? He's like, no. He, he did that the day before. But he's like, you know what? No, I'm called to go to the other towns. And to preach the good news there and to do to, to minister there as well. He said no. I mean, uh, at, at those kind of times. There's a spot where uh, in, in John chapter 6 where uh, some people in the crowd try to make Jesus king by force, quote unquote. Right? I mean, it, it, this is before his time and not in the way that he wanted. And he said no. He said no. Jesus had unbelievable kinds of clarity about yeses and nos when his disciples came to two of them, came and said, boy, we've got a good plan, Jesus. I mean, these are his friends, right? People, he's investing his life in it and said, when we come into your kingdom, make one of us like your right-hand man and one of us your left-hand man. We want to be the best and the brightest and the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus looked at their misguided request. He was, he didn't get his arm twisted behind him. He didn't say, oh man, just to get you off my back, I'll go along with it. No, Jesus said no, he was real clear on this kind of stuff. He knew who he was. He was clear on what mattered most. And he would say yes to the Father and the things that mattered to the Father. And he would say no to the other things when they were misguided. Or even good things sometimes. Going back and doing ministry and encore performance, sort of healing and, and teaching with people. Is that a good thing? Okay, that's weak. Is that a good thing? Yeah, it's a total good thing. But he said no. He was clear on his purpose. He was clear on what God was asking of him. He was intentional. Jesus had unbelievable clarity about his own identity, his own heart, his own calling, and his own mission. He let his yes be yes and his no be no. And you know what I wonder? I think you and I are called to the same kind of clarity in our lives, the same kind of intentionality of learning to say yes to the Father and the stuff that matters most, the stuff that will matter for all eternity. And in order to do that, we by definition have to say no to even some good things sometimes so that we can live out the relationship that God has for us, so we can live out the ministry and the impact and even the love and discipleship and everything else, friendship even that God calls us to with those around us. We've got to learn to say yes and no at the proper time. So we can make space for God and for his mission and his purposes 
You know, and some of us might need to say no to a perfectly clean house or the perfectly manicured lawn, right, in our neighborhood, right? So that we can say yes to loving our husbands and our wives better. So that we can say yes to investing and discipling our kids. So that we can say yes to the ministry opportunities that God will put before us. Now, do we still have to clean the house sometimes? Do you still have to take out the trash? Yeah, but there's a difference between cleaning and like having the perfect home, right? And having every, uh, in the grand scheme of things, what is it really going to matter if somebody comes over to your house and has to step over a toy, right? Some of you ought to say amen to that, right? I mean, in the grand scheme, of, this is this is my philosophy, even with with mowing the lawn. I try to mow the lawn so it doesn't look too shabby and so I don't make the whole neighborhood mad and everything. But at the same time, I'm, I'm always like, I am not going to get to heaven one day and be like, oh man, I wish I would have mowed my lawn more, right? Like, no, I want to say no, or or maybe even, maybe not quite so often to some of those other things so that I can invest more in what really matters most. Maybe you need to do that too. Maybe some of us need to step back from the perfectionistic ledge a little bit, right? And, and allow some space and some room so that we can live life with God. So we can live life in his presence and his peace. So that we can prioritize worship and connection and prayer and some of those things. So that we can, because let's be honest, especially if you have little kids, you can clean all day, every day, and never be done, right? Like you can, and it's the same with house, you know, housework or whatever else, washing dishes. Those suckers multiply, right? I don't even know where they come from. But it's crazy. We can spend all day, every day doing that and get to the end of your life and be like, I Wasted my life. Nobody's ever been on their deathbed and said, man, I wish I had washed another dish. It's just not, it's just not the way that it works. Some of us maybe need to say no, and this is a hard one, especially for guys sometimes, but some of us maybe need to say no to a boss. Ooh, that makes us a little uncomfortable. But maybe no to overtime or maybe, maybe no to more money or promotion. Some of us maybe need to say no to the superhero status we have with our bosses at work of doing our job perfectly, of always saying yes to whatever they ask. Some of us need to say no so that we can have some space to have a family life, so that we can have some space uh, to live, live our lives and, and invest in what's most important. Now, again, I'm not saying don't be a good employee. I'm not saying that. Kind of thing. But let me let me give you some examples. I've watched guys over the years, and men and women both, so don't, don't take it that way. But like, I've watched some some good friends of mine that uh, that have at some point had, they felt like the Lord is telling them to say no to some things. Like the, there, there was an instance uh, where a friend of mine had mandatory overtime Saturdays and Sundays. It was announced, so they were going to be working seven days a week, and uh, they were already working like ten hour days, and uh, and. This guy felt like the Lord was asking him. He went in and said to his boss and said, I, I can't. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't do that. He said, I need to prioritize and, and have some time for my family. And I need to prioritize time with the Lord. So I need, for my own soul's sake, I need to be able to do this. And he's like, I'll work some Saturdays, but I, I got to have a Sunday. I mean, I got to have a Sabbath. And, I mean, this is a faith step for him, right? Because could he lose his job? He totally could, right? I mean, this is a face to, it ended up that, he, I mean, again, he was such a good employee the other six days that the boss made it work. He's like, you know what, I, I totally understand. I feel that way sometimes too. And it ended up happening. But I, I know guys that have, that have 
change jobs because of that. Or they're like, I can't keep saying yes. This is destroying me. It's destroying God's work in me. It's not giving, I, I, it's squeezing me so much that I have no margin to be able to invest in stuff that I really care about. So they've, they've chosen to take a different job where they made less money so they could invest, so they could invest their lives in what matters most. Sometimes we have to say no to some of those things so that we can say yes to the most important. I'll give you one more. Uh, example. Some of us maybe need to say no or say no sometimes even to TV or internet or social media or whatever. I read this week, listen to this. Uh, I read this week that the average American will spend more than 15 years of their life, 15 years on social media and, and streaming uh, channels, streaming services. 15 years. It's more than anything else but sleeping. 15 years of our lives. Now again, I, you might, I enjoy watching a show the same as anybody, right? I enjoy relaxing when I come home. I enjoy watching a movie with my kids. I'm not saying never do it. I'm not saying, I am saying, man, what if some of us need to, what if the Lord's prompting us and speaking and saying, you know, why don't you cut some of that out so that you can prioritize what matters most? Let's be intentional about it. We should never, ever, 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 how many ever's was that? We should never say, I don't have time to spend with the Lord. I don't have time to disciple my kids. I don't have time to really enter in and be present with my spouse. I don't have time to minister or to do what God's asking. We should never say that if we're spending 15 years of our lives on social media, right? I mean, what in the world are we thinking? We're not. We're just drifting, right? We're going, we're going through life. We're just getting sucked along. And I don't know, it's convicting for me this week too, but I, I wonder if the Holy Spirit's not just saying, you know what? Time is your most precious commodity you have. Learn to say no to some of those things so that you can say yes and live your life with wisdom in a way that you'll hear me say one day, well done, good and faithful servant in a way that you'll leave behind you a legacy that you'll have impact for all eternity. And you won't just squander and waste it. You don't want to be in your deathbed one day looking back and saying, oh man, if only. It's the saddest words ever, right? Looking back and saying, if only I had done this. If only I'd spent more time with my kids. If only I had done more for the kingdom. If only I had, you know, whatever, invested my life more in others rather than my own stuff. This year, friends, I wonder if God is calling us to say no to some good things. Bad things too, maybe, but some that are good things so that we can say yes to the God things, to the most important things in our lives, mainly life with Him and His purposes and His kingdom, but also life with others that He's calling us to love and serve and disciple and reach our families and community. Last thing, and I'll say this one quickly, uh, and, and we'll kind of wrap up, but I Avoid spiritual procrastination, right? And here's what I mean by that. Like, the thing is, I think if we were to do a show of hands and, and say, how many of us want to grow with God in, in the upcoming year? How many, how many of us want us to be intentional about investing in the most important relationships there are? I think almost all of us would say unquestionably, yes. Like, I, I do. I don't want to waste my life. Right? I want to invest my life in the stuff that really lasts and the stuff that really matters. I don't think it's a matter of intention. I think our intention, our desire is to do that. But here's the thing, I, here's the thing that I think gets us. I think 
most of us, many of us, whatever, it's just too easy just to be like, I'll do it later, right? I'll, I'll in, I'm going to invest in that. I want to, I'm going to, I'm just going to going to do it tomorrow. I'm just going to invest in that down the road. Maybe when I retire, I can do that. Maybe when I'm older, maybe when our kids are older, maybe when I'm married, maybe when I'm single, maybe when like, uh, there's always some sort of like, I'll do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. But tomorrow never really comes. And so we end up just missing out on the most important day after day. We spiritually procrastinate. That's what I call it. Just, that's all it is. My, the classic example, I've shared this before, but I, I always think of this kind of thing. It comes from Exodus 8. Procrastination is the failure to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, right? It's like, it's like a kamikaze pilot that flew 17 missions, right? Or something like that. He didn't do what needed to happen uh, at the right time. Well, the Old Testament, we read about uh, the Egyptians. Uh, had taken uh, God's people and they were living as slaves. They enslaved them for 400 years. And so uh, the people have been crying out for God to bust in. And so God uh, raises up Moses, sends him to Pharaoh and says, tell him to let my people go. How'd that go over here, by the way? Pharaoh liked that? He liked to be given orders and commands like that? No, Pharaoh's like, oh, heck no. You can't tell me what to do. And so Pharaoh says, no, in fact... That's just not the way it's going to work at all. And so God convinces him, and he does this by sending a series of plagues. And, and every time, it, it sort of, he sends a plague, he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh is stubborn and hard-hearted, and so he doesn't, and he doesn't. Well, there's a whole bunch of plagues that come into Egypt. One of them somewhere in the middle is a plague of frogs. Millions and millions and millions of frogs. I mean, imagine, I mean, Pharaoh can't even back his chariot out of the garage without running over a few hundred frogs they're everywhere they're in your house they're in your bed they're in your kitchen like can you imagine you frogs coming out of your ears or whatever i don't know but but yeah not good right they're everywhere listen to this exodus 8 uh 8, 8 says as pharaoh summoned moses and aaron and said pray to the lord to take these frogs away from me and my people and i'll let you go i'll let your people go to to uh offer sacrifices to the lord and this is what Moses said to Pharaoh. Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for you, to, or for me to pray for you and your officials and your people, uh, that you and your house may be rid of the frogs, except those that remain in the Nile. So choose the time. I'll pray and I will ask the Lord to take those away whenever you want. And listen to this. This is what how Pharaoh responded. Tomorrow, <laughs> Pharaoh said, tomorrow. And Moses replied, all right, it, it, it will be as you say, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. And again, it's, it's one of those things that's easy to read over. And I always think, what in the world are you thinking? Like, are, can you imagine? I mean, you're sitting there making bread. There's frogs jumping in your bread, in your in your dough or whatever. I mean, like, they're everywhere, right? They're, I mean, your kids have been screaming and like up on chairs and stuff. Like, it's, it's, it's a mess out there. Man, when do you want to be rid of them? Why didn't he say, right now, do not wait another second, pray right now, and he says, gone. But no, he, there's a spiritual sort of procrastination. He's like, oh, how about tomorrow? I mean, just, we, we can do that tomorrow. We can be rid of the frogs tomorrow. And it sounds crazy when you read it. And yet I wonder how often we do the same kind of thing. 
Yes, there's freedom from our sin, freedom from addiction. I'll, I leave to you when to, when, to, when, to do, when to tackle that, when to move forward with the Lord, when he's going to set you free. Well, let's do that tomorrow. Yeah, I want to grow with the Lord. I'm going to open up the Bible and learn to hear his voice. I'm going to be filled with the Spirit and set out in the power of the Spirit to live a life that's extraordinary, right, with God. I'll leave to you when to do that. Let's do that tomorrow. We'll just kind of wait on that. Man, there's somebody around you that's got a, that's going through a rough time, and somebody needs to go and to point them back home to Jesus and say, there's new life or something better just waiting for you. When are you going to do that? When are you going to take it? Let's just wait till tomorrow. See what I'm saying? It's not that our intentions are bad. It's not that we don't want to experience and live purposeful, intentional kind of lives. It's the spiritual that we kind of get the spiritual procrastination of saying, ah, we've got plenty of time for that kind of thing. Although remember what God says through James, your life is like that. It's gone. You don't know if you'll have tomorrow. We don't know if we'll have tomorrow. Instead, God always, God does not say, just wait till tomorrow, just, just wait. He, he doesn't say with this kind of stuff. He typically makes these kinds of, of comments. Go to that next slide if you would. <laughs> he says this, he says in Hebrews 3.15, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. He's basically saying, today, if the Lord speaks to you, do it. Right? Today, if you know what the word of God says, do it. Today, when he's supposed to do it, tomorrow? No, he says today. He, uh, Second Corinthians says this, it says, uh, indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the right day to get right with God. Today's the right day to put into practice what he says. Today is the day to bow your knee to him and to pray. Today is the day to share the gospel with a friend that is in need. Today is the day to minister or pray to somebody who's around you who's going through a rough time. Today is the day to share with a hurting, maybe a poor person, maybe a homeless person. Today is the day, not tomorrow. Man, if we wait too long and we do so in vain, when we wait, we just let our, our lives flow by and we miss out on all that God has in store. Friends, I did not want us to be a church of tomorrow kind of people, a church full of spiritual procrastinators that never really get around to living the kind of life that just is waiting for who knows what forever, never getting around to all that God has in store. Instead, we need to realize and recognize that time is our most precious commodity. You can always get more money, but you and I will never get more time. We have a set amount that God has entrusted to us, and when it's done, it's done. How are you going to live your one don't let somebody else make the decision for you of how you're going to spend your life. Don't let drift just take you through. But would you intentionally learn to say no to some of the, the, the okay things that we can say yes to God? Would you do a little spiritual evaluation on that this week? You just say, God, how am I doing at living my life for what matters most? And thirdly, would you say no to, to spiritual procrastination? Some of us, friends, probably have some, some things to do today, right, today. Don't, don't wait till tomorrow to do your evaluation. Don't wait till tomorrow uh, to put into practice what God is prompting you to do. Would you do it today? 
as we start out a new year, I always think, man, if there's one spiritual practice that you have to start, why don't you start here? It's a new year. Why don't you open up to the to the New Testament? I shared on uh, Facebook this week. I can't remember which it's a regular tender group, maybe, but I shared uh, some some demographics, infographics on just how little time it actually takes to read through the Bible. And like the New Testament, especially, it's like six minutes a day or something, or four minutes a day. It's something crazy, and you could read through the New Testament this year. <laughs> like, if you've never done that, would you start today? If you go on our, our app, there's a link to the to the Bible, the version Bible, we call it. There's thousands and tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of Bible reading plans. Find one that looks interesting to you and start reading today. Today, not tomorrow. Would you start doing that today? Maybe some of us are... Uh, have some area of ministry or something that we feel like the Lord has been pushing us on and saying, man, you need to get involved, you need to serve more, you need to reach out to this person. If that's the case, would you do it today? In fact, you could mark that on your communication card and say, I want to serve. Or maybe you could, there's a specific person you can say, would you pray for this, pray for me and pray for this person? I feel like the Lord's calling me to reach out to them or to serve them or to give to them or to whatever, minister to them today and we'll pray with you over it. Would you take action Today, for some of us, there's an area of sin or addiction or whatever else, and we have been uh, tomorrowing that sucker forever. Tomorrow. Oh, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll deal with that tomorrow. And maybe today God's saying, you know, this is your day. It's time to lay it down. It's time to get the help you need. Let some other brothers and sisters in. Turn to me. Seek me. Find the freedom that can only come from me and the help that you need from my family, that God would say, right, for my people. Today is the day of freedom for you. I don't know what God's saying, but, but whatever it is, friends, let's be people that say, yes, we do not want to be tomorrow kind of people. Let's take action on those things today. Let's let 2021 be a year filled with, with things that matter most, with spiritual growth, with ways that we can learn to walk with God and love God and worship God and connect with God through his word and through prayer. Let's learn to walk by faith. Let's step out and trust him in ways that we have never done before, right? And see him break through in ways that only he can. Let's learn to follow and obey. Let's live out our, our love with him and our love for other people as we serve and love and minister and reach uh, those around us. Let's close in prayer.